some glad morning when this life is o'er I fly away to a land on God's celestial shore I'll fly away Appear. The eye 
first believed my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood His mercy reigns unending Amazing grace The Lord has promised good to me His word my hope secure Matthew 6. We were in Matthew and at Saltgrass Cowboy Church, and I've just kind of been reading over the book of Matthew lately. And uh, man, I found this nugget. How many like it when God gives you a nugget, like gives you something good, you know? Uh, someone called me today and said, Brother Mark, I just had to share it with you. I had to get some tires put on my truck. 
we nearly didn't have any money, but we had to keep going to work. And, uh, man, I went ahead and bit the bullet, got the tires put on my truck, got home, got at the mailbox opened up, and uh, found out that my new check had a raise on it. God provides, and God just sometimes, sometimes for his children, he just gives us that nugget. And uh, I was in the book of Matthew, and, and uh, I got several Bibles. Anybody got several Bibles? And I like to sometimes look and see what it says in the New Living Translation, what it says in the NIV, and what it says in the King James Version. And I, 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 I'm getting better at reading, praise God. And what I'm going through, and I just thought, man, this is just so fitting because God tells us not to worry about things. Every one of us, I said every one of us, God tells us not to worry about things. But he don't tell us to make a plan. He wants us to make a plan. He wants us to execute that plan. And I found this nugget. I'm going to say it again. I found this nugget. And I'm going to read you the King James Version. Uh, well, I think I'm not. I think Mary is. Come here, baby. Grab your mic. You're going to need your mic. Open your Bibles to Matthew 6, 25. I'm going to let her read the King James Version. And I want her to read it slow. She's a speed reader. And I'm going to read the NIV version. And I'm going to show you what God showed me. We're going to have a good time tonight. Okay, this is Matthew 6, 25 through 34, King James Version. Therefore I say unto you, Slow down. Take no thought for your life. Take no thought. What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what shall you put on? Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the earth, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30 says, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his Amen. righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Give my beautiful wife a big round of applause. Amen. I want you to focus on this word, no thought. Say that with me. In the King James Version, the Lord says, take no thought. What does that mean, Brother Mark? That means to not worry about it. Take no thought. Don't worry about it. Quit thinking about it. Quit 
fretting over it. Quit pacing the floor. Everything's going to work out for your good of those who love the Lord. Who believes that tonight? Hallelujah. Take no thought. Say that with me. Let me read it to you in the NIV, the English language, and I'm going to jump right into this thing, and I'm going to tell you, quit worrying about your heart. I'm going to tell you, quit worrying about your cancer. Quit worrying about your children. Quit worrying about your finances. Quit worrying about how you're going to get your kids their school supplies. My God provides. My God takes care of. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and His glory. Matthew 6, 25, NIV, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or you drink, or about what your body, what you wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than those birds? Can any one of you... By worrying, add one single day to your life. And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers in the fields grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, you, that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and gone tomorrow, the throne of the fire... Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, verse 31. So do not worry, do not give thought. Say, do not give thought. Do not worry. He's saying it again. He says, do not worry, saying what she shall eat, what she shall drink, what she shall wear. For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Come on, give God a praise. This is some information you need to learn tonight. I really want you to get this, because we're maturing. We're maturing as a church. And you're going to see people leave this church. And you're going to see people exit this church because they don't want to learn. They don't want to grow. They don't want to change. God says, I will supply, but you need to have faith. I will grow you, but you need to be a thinker. I will expand your territory, but you need to have faith. As you begin to change and get off the baby food and onto the meat, your personality ought to change. Your life ought to change. The way you look at worry ought to change. I just thank God for my relationship with him tonight. How many thank God for the relationship with their wife, their husbands, their friends? But how much more valuable is your relationship with Jesus Christ? I want you to understand this tonight. If you're taking notes, I want you to get this. If you read the text I just read you in the NIV, it tells you over and over and over and over again not to worry. So what is worry? What is worry? In the King James Version that Mary read, it said, Take no thought. Don't give it no thought. 
Don't give it no thought. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. God's got it. God's got it. Whatever you're up against, God's got it. How many ever worried about something, fretted about something, and it turned out to be nothing? Come on, give God a praise for that. So what is worry? In the King James Version, it says to take no thought. That really bothered me, so I started praying about it. Take no thought. Because I'm a planner. Anybody, any planners in here? Any strategical thinkers? Any, any strategical thinkers, some planners, some people with, that, that feel like they're three steps ahead of the next person? Sometimes I'm off. I'm already gone from what we just did to where we're fixing to go. I'm a planner. I'm a thinker. I, 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 I'm two weeks out on my, on my back-to-school blast. I, I'm already thinking about the fall festival. I'm making plans for our Christmas thing right now. I'm changing things left and right. We're building. We're adding on. How can we do this? That bothered me when he said, take no thought. Well, my God is a strategical thinker, too. I had to dig and do my homework, and God, give me this number. He said, he said this. He said, listen to me. He said, I'm not telling you don't think about it. I'm telling you don't worry about it. I'm telling you not to worry about it, not to give it a thought. Let me, let me, let me go ahead and give you my notes because I don't want to miss this tonight. So what is worry in the King James Version? It says, Take no thought. That really kind of bothered me because I'm a planner, a strategical planner. I feel like I'm in a chess game with Satan sometimes. Does anybody ever feel like that? You ain't going to get my king. Come on, somebody. You ain't going to get my king. He's deep down in my heart. It really kind of bothered me because I'm a planner. So if I'm a strategical thinker, I had to start thinking, is God a strategical thinker? That means, does God make plans? Does God make plans, folks? You bet he does. Go back to Genesis and read your Bible. The first day he did this. The second day he did this. The third day he did this. The fourth day he did this. God could have done it all in one day, but he made a plan and he worked the plan. God is not telling us not to make a plan and work the plan. He's telling us don't worry about things that come up. I want you to get this tonight, really, Lyle. I want you to get this because you're getting old, and I want you to listen. There's a lot of us getting older, and in and, and, and our walk, I was talking about our walk. What were y'all thinking about? We're getting more mature, so we got to chew on some of this tonight. Uh, <laughs> God is a strategical thinker, and I got in Genesis, it says, in the beginning, he said, let there be light, and there was light. Then he created the animals, and then he divided the mountains and the seas. He's a planner. He's a planner. He's a thinker, just like me and you. I, I think God give us this thing between our ears to use. Somebody hear me tonight. God give us this thing right here between our ears to use. It's called a brain. And I think some of you and sometimes me don't tap into the source enough. That offends you, listen. That offends you, think. If that offends you, research. If that offends you, let me tell you what the scripture says. Study thy show thyself approved. Wisdom is knowledge, and wisdom and knowledge together equal power. 
God is a strategical. He has a plan for this world. He's had a plan from the very beginning. He told Moses, what did he tell Moses? Go get my people out of here. Here's what I want you to say. Take this with you. How many read, remember the story of Moses? He laid out the plan for Moses. How many ever heard of a man named Noah? I started thinking, who did God lay out plans for? How many heard of Noah in the ark? Anybody? Remember I brought that guy in with the big arky thing, and that was awesome and cool? Everybody came and took pictures of it, looked it over. How many remember, remember Noah in the ark? God provided. God told him what to use. God told him where to build. God told him where to put the animals. God told him to get his family on board, and then God shut the door of the ark. God had a plan. How many know how many days it took to build the ark? Anybody? God had a plan. How many days, Tammy? 120 days? I can't remember. But if somebody puts it on Facebook, we'll all know later. I can't remember how many, how many, what did you say, girl? 120 years. That's right, he preached to those people and they wouldn't listen. You know, I was thinking about it. In that time, there was some planning and some preparation. How many people know that God has a plan for our life, too? He had a plan for Moses. I thought about it. He had a plan for Noah. He had a plan for Solomon here. And, 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 and he's building those plans according to his purpose. And he has a plan for 2015. He's got a plan for this generation. He's got a plan for your life, and he has a plan for my life. And what he is saying in his word tonight is, if I have a plan, if I have a plan, and I'm working it out on your behalf, you're not supposed to worry about it. Over and over and over and over and over again in the NIV, he says, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. And in the King James Version, he says, don't give it a thought, don't give it a thought, don't give it a thought. That is a sin to worry. It is a sin to worry. I'm going to say it again for some of you that are shaking your head, no. If he commanded us not to do it, then we ought not do it. If he says it over and over and over again in his word, then he wants you to wake up and get it tonight. Do not worry, he says. Do not worry. Don't I feed the birds? Do not worry. Don't I clothe the flowers? Don't worry about it. I got it. Don't give it thought. God can turn things around on a dime. Come on, somebody. God can take you from... God can take you from sick to healthy in a week. God can take you from broke, busted, and disgusted to sitting on top of the mountain in 24 hours. I want you to get this tonight. So God told these men, Moses, Noah, Solomon, that he had a plan. And God is not telling you not to have a plan. You get some bad news, you got to make a plan. Something comes against your family, you got to make a plan. Devil tries to attack you, you got to make a plan. How many understand that we are supposed to make a plan? Donnie, you don't even know that I had already written this message before you called me and said, hey, brother, that ain't nothing, just work the plan. God has a plan 
for your life and my life. And he tells us to work the plan, but not to worry. Get that tonight. To work where you're at. To minister to where you're at. But it's hard, Pastor Mark. But I don't know what the future holds. You don't have to know what the future holds. You just have to know the one who holds the future, folks. So God tells these men, I have a plan. And God is, is, is not telling us not to have a plan when things arise. When things arise, we need to be strategical thinkers. We got to think. We got to put a plan together. We got to pray. We got to go to church. We got to hit the altar. We got to get in our prayer closets. We got to make a plan because the enemy is trying to destroy us day in and day out. And the Lord says, make a plan and work the plan, and I got your back. Anybody get that tonight? Okay, you're hearing what I'm saying. God is not telling you not to have a plan. God is telling you not to worry. How many of you ever lost a job? That don't feel good, does it? That don't feel good when they come in and say, hey, man, today is your last day. Especially when you got a wife and you got kids and you got little ones and they got their mouth open and they want to be fed. And you're the only resource that there is. My God shall supply. But as humans, we worry, we fret. If God closes one door, he's going to open up another door. Come on, somebody. If God is closing one door in your life tonight, he's going to open up another door. We don't need to worry. He's got this. There's a difference between having a plan and worrying. In the NIV, it says over and over and over again not to worry. You need to hear what I'm saying. God is not telling you not to have a plan. God is telling you not to worry. What is worry? I want you to get this tonight. What is worry when you keep thinking the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again? Anybody like that? Don't, don't lie. You get a little bad news, you get jumped on at work, somebody, your wife says something to you, your, your kids are going through something right now, and you just keep hashing it out. You keep worrying about it. You keep talking about it. You're out of peace there. When you, somebody get this tonight, you're out of peace when you worry. Who believes that tonight? You're out of peace when you begin to worry about what the doctor says. When you begin to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. You're out of peace. The Bible says not to worry about tomorrow because today has enough to worry about itself. This is me. You're learning tonight. You're a thinker. Think with me tonight. God says do not worry. Don't you worry about it. What are you worried for? Didn't I save you when you were a teenager and you stepped out in front of that car? Didn't I save you when you stuck that needle in your arm? Didn't I save you? Didn't I rescue you? Didn't I open that door for you? God is a good God. What is worry when we keep thinking the same thing? Over and over and over and over and over again. That means it's time to let it go. When you keep thinking about it all the time, it's time to let it go. There was something driving me crazy in one of my ministries. It was just rolling around, rolling around. 
I went to try to take some action and do some things. And I said, you know what? I'm giving it too much thought. I'm worrying about it. Instead of taking action, I'm just going to make a plan. I'm going to make a plan, and I'm going to work my plan. And I'm going to ask God to help me. See, when you include him in your plans, he is working on your behalf tonight. When you're forcing your way, when you're doing your own thing, when you're stepping out trying to be the big shot, you're getting ahead of God and you're getting it all wrong. You're going to lose your peace. Things are going to begin to unravel. They're going to fall apart. And you're going to be left standing there with nothing. You see, when you have the power to work a plan and think, when you're smart and you're intelligent, because you are smart and you are intelligent, and you need to give yourself some credit. Come on, somebody. Give yourself some credit. <laughs> you know, you need to hear me tonight. I said, give yourself some credit. Maybe the devil told you you're not too smart. Maybe the devil told you never amount to nothing. Maybe the devil told you that you're the worst of the worst. Don't listen to that liar because that is what he is. He's a lying scumbag, and he can go back to hell where he belongs. You are smart. You're intelligent. You're equipped. Worry is thinking that same thing over and over again. That means it's time to let go because you're not in your prayer closet you're not in your secret place you're not operating can i say this to you listen when you're worrying all the time you're not effective for the kingdom of god you're not operating worry will shut you down who, who, who hears me tonight worry will shut you down you are not effective for the kingdom of god when all you do is think about it think about it think about it. he says give it not a thought he says don't worry about it you're not operating I see people all the time quit serving when catastrophe strikes. When two or three things go wrong, they shut down, they stop, they, ah, they hit the brakes, they pull the Jake brake on that thing, and they say, oh, Lord, it's, it's happening. What am I going to do? I'm getting attacked. I'm getting attacked. The devil's beating me up. The devil's beating me up. When you're in that place and you're always worrying about that thing, you're not operating in the heavenly places. You're not being effective for the kingdom of God. You can think what you want, but I'm telling you the truth tonight. When you're pacing the floor, when you're fretting, you're not worrying about. You're, you're, you're not operating for the kingdom of God. You're worrying about too much. It's time to turn it over to God. How many have ever had a problem and they just said, I can't deal with it no more. I got to turn it over. That's what this scripture says. Don't worry about it. Turn it over. Get in your secret place. Get in your, in your place where you can get out of that carnal nature, that selfish, fleshly nature, because there's no fruit there when you worry. There's no faith there when you worry. There's no productivity there when you worry. All you're doing is worrying. I'm going to talk to the ladies and some of the men that act like ladies. Don't point at them, girls. We worry and we worry and we worry and we fret and we fret and we fret. And most of the time it's over nothing. I went to a revival one time. And man, I was sitting there and the guy was preaching about the devil. And he said, when you get to put your eyes on the devil, you're going to be laughing your head off at what he looks like. 
because he is nothing that caused all that problems. He said, if you'll learn to count it all joy right now, laugh at the devil when he comes, laugh at him when he tries to put a disease on you, laugh at him when he tries to stop your ministry, laugh at him when he's trying to get between you and your wife. You say, you ain't getting my marriage, homie. Let's get it on. That's the Jesse the planets in me. You can get to that place where you're laughing at him. You're laughing. And don't take it for no laughing matter because he ain't no joke. You can't fight him in your own power. You need help. There is not a single person. And you watch. This, these are the other group that leave the church. The ones that try to fight in their own power. These are the ones that their ministries never work out. These are the ones that never, never be able to get to where they're headed because they try to operate in their own power. I can't fight the devil with my power. I'm weak. I'm nothing. But boy, you add Jesus in it. That devil has to run. He's got to flee. He's got, he can't stay in the same room when you're saying Jesus, it says. When you believe in Jesus. I wish there was a group in this church tonight that really had faith in Jesus. I wish there was a group in here that had faith right now that we could change this community. Because if there was a group in here right now that believed that right now, they would be jumping up and down for joy, singing praises, doing everything they can, not worrying about a thing. Someone said when you're on the verge of your breakthrough, you're up against your hardest wall. You're up against the worst attack ever. When you're worrying, you're not being creative. Your creative juices are not flowing. You're becoming carnal. You're worried. And the Bible says, and say this again, the Bible says, do not worry. Matthew 6, 25, it is a sin to worry. It is a sin to worry. Therefore, I tell you, so, therefore, I tell you. Somebody tell me who's telling me. Tell me who's telling me. Everybody say it together. Say it again. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. If, if, if you got a kid who has kids, and you tell them don't walk behind the horse, that kid better listen or he's going to die. If our Heavenly Father is telling us tonight to not worry, we better listen or we're going to die. Worry takes years off your life. Worry takes years off your life. Some of you got so much to live for, but you're so busy worrying that you're dying. Who is God talking to tonight? You are so busy worrying about it that you're dying on the inside. It is killing you. It is killing you. And no matter how impactful the messages may be, if you don't get it on the inside, if you don't get Christ on the inside, you're going to worry till you die. For those who believe in Jesus, we have nothing to worry about because we don't die. We don't die. Is anybody getting anything out of this message? Raise your hand. Because we don't die. The lady that I'm doing her funeral tomorrow, she didn't die. She just changed residence. She just left Dallas, Texas, and she went to heaven. 
until if we spend all of our life here in Conroe, Texas, Grangerland, Texas, Splendor, Texas, wherever Texas you live, worrying, then you're dying right now. You're dying. Holly is taking years off your life if all you do is worry about Haley. It's killing your ministry. It's killing your focus. It's making you carnal, Garrett. If all you do, sometimes you just got to say, God, you know how much I love that baby. Huh, Holly? You know how much I love her. I'm giving her to you, God. First time I ever experienced somebody with that much faith was a pastor friend of mine. There was like a golf tournament thing in Moody, Texas. And I was invited to the golf tournament. Back in those days when I wasn't preaching full-time, I was bivocational. I was selling. So most of the time I had khaki pants on and polos, and I was about 100 pounds lighter. Mary, remember those days? I look good, and I, I still look good. I look healthy now. That's what I'm going to call it. But I played a lot of golf. The group that I played with, we never got golf carts. We walked the course. We walked all 18 holes. We enjoyed fellowship together. We talked about Jesus. We enjoyed our time together. Well, there was a tournament that we had entered, and I was with a group of pastors, and I was with Brother Adams and Brother Steve, and had another friend of mine with us, and we were on our way to Moody to play the golf course. And one of the pastors in the car, he had gotten a phone call, and so he said, hey, guys, can you turn the radio down? Can you be quiet for one minute? See, he hadn't gone to his church that morning, and we had already left, and we were about on the road. It was about 8.15. I think tea time was 10 o'clock that morning and we were about 8 15 we were about halfway there and he got the phone call he said can you turn the radio down and we turned the radio down and all of us the rest of us there's four of us in there and and, and we could hear him say oh no i can you, what no way that's so bad did they catch him how bad is it what do you think we can do Okay, I can't believe that. This is the conversation he's having with someone on the phone. I'm in the car. I'm the driver. And I'm thinking, man, we got to turn this thing around. Something bad just happened. Plans changed. He got off the phone, and one of the pastors said, what happened? He said, somebody last night vandalized the church. They wrote hate all over the church. They wrote the bad words all over the church. They put swastikas on the church. They, they wrote pinnacles all over the church. They wrote God's not real all over the church. And I said, really? I said, well, let me get up here where I can turn around. He said, don't get up here where we can turn around. Get up there where you can exit off at Walmart so I can get me some more golf balls. I said, what? He said, we got a tea time, brother. We got to go. I said, man, your church just got vandalized. Are you crazy? He said, I can't do anything about that today. What I can do is go enjoy my day like I had a plan to and not give the devil an itch in my life. It was the first time. It was the first time I'd actually seen anybody work out their faith. He wasn't worried about what was happening at the church. He was worried about going and having a good time with his brothers and sisters. There were no sisters in that car, just brothers. Some of y'all are worrying too much. 
Second time I ever seen somebody work out their faith, it was me. And I failed the faith test. I used to smoke. I smoked for about 15, 20 years. Smoked all the time. Smoked like a chimney. I love cigarettes. I, 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 I smoked all the time. And one day I lit up a cigarette and I cracked open my truck window and I was on my way to work. And it felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. I thought I was having a heart attack. I called Mary said, meet me at the hospital. I'm having a heart attack. She met me up at the hospital. They hooked me up to a machine. They were throwing nitroglycerin pills down. My, I thought I was done. I thought I was through. I thought this is the last day of my life. We just got saved. We just got right with Jesus. Things are going good in my little personal ministry. I'm being able to speak here and speak there. And now I'm going to die. And I thought to myself, man, this is it. I'm over. Mary called the pastor, and three or four pastors came up. My friend who led me to the Lord, his family came up. I'm laying there. I'm about to die. And somebody give them a magic marker, and they're playing connect the dots with my freckles on my face. And I'm like, dude, I'm having a heart attack. And you're playing connect the dots on my face. He said, oh, you'll be all right. Oh, no, I'm not. They found some irregular lease in my heartbeat. So they wanted to go inside and take a look. So they went inside my leg and went up to my heart and take a look. I thought, this is it. I'm done. My dad died young. I'm going to die young. I'm through. My brother died young. This is my time. I'm okay. I'm saved. I was shaking like a leaf. On the inside and the out. I was scared to death. They give me a little local procedure. I, I, man, when somebody wants to look at your heart, tell them to knock you all the way out. <laughs> I was laying on that table, and some of y'all have heard me tell this before. I was laying on that table, and there was a TV up there. We had operating, we had operators, we had heart surgeons and people in there. And they run that camera from my growing up to my heart, and they're looking around. And uh, uh, the guy says, okay, we're there. And somehow, I said, where are we? He said, oh, Mr. Grimes, we're looking at your heart. If you want to look up there on that TV, you can see your heart. And I looked up there and went, ah! I started screaming. They put the little mask over me. And, man, I was Mario Andretti at that point. <laughs> Wasn't a care in the world. Doctor came out, and he told Mary, he said, your husband's heart is beating great. He has no blockage. There's nothing there. That's the good news. The bad news is he's a big old sissy. <laughs> I remember coming through, Brother Vic, and I was so mad at myself for worrying. I told myself that night when I laid those cigarettes at the altar, God, if you can deliver these for me, I'm going to leave them here. God took them from me that night, and I've never smoked again, and I've never worried about smoking again. Are there those days where I wish I could? Yeah. Are there those days when I walk by some of you that do smoke, and I say, man, I want one, but I'm so glad that I know that my heart is ticking right, and I'm not doing any more damage to it because God woke me up. But I failed the test. I failed the faith test. A lot of times, if we're honest, we'll say we failed at our faith test. But God tells us tonight to not worry. 
So here we are again, 10 years later. And I get this spot on my face. I thought it was just a pimple or something. I went to picking at it, and it blew up. I go tell Mary I'm going to the doctor, and I go in, and I see the doctor, and they take a look at it, and they said, well, there's nothing we can do. We believe it's cancer. And we believe that it's not just skin cancer. It could be bone cancer, the way it's attached itself to your cheekbone. I said, no, it ain't. I'm not claiming that. I'm not receiving that. And I'm not going to worry about that. I said, I am not going to worry about that. But Jessica, I said, what do we need to do? They said, well, you need to see a specialist. Okay, how do I see a specialist? They said, with your insurance, with your insurance, you've got to get approved. That could take up to two weeks. Well, anybody ever try to make an appointment to see a specialist? After you get approved, that could take another two weeks. So probably next month sometimes you could probably see a specialist. I'm thinking to myself, that don't work for me. That's not in my plan. I serve a God that lets me know things. So I called my friends and I said, pray for me. I called my elders. I asked the church to pray for me. I put it out there, pray for me. I got some news that I don't want to receive and I don't want to hear. I found a doctor that would see me today, but he wanted a lot of money. But thank God that my God supplied the money. I went in and I met two of the sweetest ladies. They were black ladies from Nigeria. Now I'm going to be truthful with you for a minute. When you're dealing with foreigner people, from a foreign land kind of makes you a little nervous but I wasn't nervous at all I believe that God opened that door I believe that God opened it wide I believe that God provided the money for me to go to this place it was $200 just to go to the visit but my God shall supply all your needs to take care of you so I wasn't worried I wasn't worried we was on our way this morning I looked over at her I know her better than a anybody else in this world and she was quiet she was very quiet if I did a little swerve in the car here I could just tell she was on the edge hey watch out look out look out man calm down it's all good we got in a little argument over a bathroom break but Donnie I knew she was worried after we got out the bathroom Separate bathrooms, of course. It was Jack in the Box. <laughs> I took her by the head and said, Baby, we got nothing to worry about here. Calm down. God's on the throne. He's watching over us. Our coming and our going. Come on, somebody receive that. He's watching over <laughs> our coming and our going. And, and man, I could just see a peace come over Miss Mary. I could just feel her just relax. We walked in there, and sure enough, I picked up the card, and I couldn't. His name was Telescope. That was his name? Telescope. I couldn't wait to meet him. You know what I said? God sees all things, and he gave me a doctor, and his name is Telescope. I'm not worried a bit, Brother Joe. I'm relaxed. I'm calm. And y'all know me. I'm, I'm like on the edge sometimes. I was just calm and peaceful. 
And when those two sweet black Nigerian ladies came in there, they were beautiful. They were sweet. They were kind. They were Christian moms. They were Christian wives. They give us the best treatment that we've ever had at a doctor's office by far in my entire life. I knew that telescoping them, whoo, man, we was having a time. I said, what, what do you think it is? I was hoping for a pimple or a wart or something. She said, it's cancer. She said, I don't believe it's bone cancer, but I won't know till we take a biopsy. But we need to get in there. We need to cut it off, and we need to send it to a lab, and we need to let them. I said, okay, that's the plan. What did I just tell you? Don't worry. Work the plan. Don't worry. Work the plan. Don't give it a thought. Work the plan. Church, you're learning tonight. This is an informational message learning. Don't worry. Whatever comes up, work it out. Because God's working it all out on your behalf. God's working it all out on your behalf. Your tractor went down the other day. You have thought you was having a stroke the other day. Sometimes you had a heart problem. Some of y'all are going through some stuff right now. God is going to work it all out. I said, what do we do? I'm self-pay. She said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you 15% off. So she gave me 15% off. It was like God gave me a coupon. I was so happy with my God coupon. It was just amazing. I was so excited. They cut it off my face. They put it in a little jar. I said, what happens next? We're going to send it off. You'll know the results, what kind of cancer it is. In seven days, we'll be able to tell you how to treat that cancer. Worst case scenarios, they cut me open. They dig it all out. They sew me back up, and I can make up a good story. But we have a plan. And I'm believing when it comes back, it's going to be benign. I'm believing that it's not going to be attached to my bone. But whatever it is, now get this and I'm done. Listen to me. Whatever it is, it's okay with my soul. Whatever comes against us needs to be okay with our soul. Because God has us and he loves us and he working it all out for our good seven days I'm going to get some news that may change my appearance tomorrow you might get some news that may change the rest of your life but God is on the throne and that he loved you so much that while he was on the throne he sent his son Jesus down to earth and he went through every pain and every sorrow and every tear. He was where we are. And I thank God for God that loved us so much that sent us Jesus to go through this world. He knows us, folks. He knows us. And I'm done. Listen, he knows us. He said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I had a plan for your life. God sent his one and only son. And he said, son, 
I want you to die on the cross for me. See, God is a strategic thinker. And God says, son, I love these people so much. But the way they're living, they're going to hell. And they need a mediator. They need somebody to take it for them. So the plan was, now get this, the plan was crucifixion. The plan was Calvary. Jesus went through all that to finish the plan of victory. When they rolled that tomb away, he was gone. He was risen. He's alive. And he is alive today. And that is enough for us to praise about tonight. So I ask you tonight, and I'm done. Do you believe in him? Do you believe? Do you believe that God sent his one and only son, Jesus, down here, went through every pain, pain of losing a friend? It was more than that. It was pain of losing a loved one. Pain of being betrayed. Pain of not having nowhere to stay. He went through pain for my sins and your sins. And I'm asking you tonight, do you know him? Do you believe? And if you do, let's get the worry out of our life. I was proud this time of myself not boasting but there's no worry in my heart yeah I need you to pray for me as I'm praying for you because we're a church and we're a body of believers who believe in miracles and while right now there's people with real issues that we need to be praying for like Miss Vicky and Miss Tim, Brother Tim. Several other people right now are just hurting. We need to be praying for them. And we need to be doing what we can to help them. But we need to stop worrying. How many hear me tonight? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come before you. And I know we didn't cover all the ground that I wanted to cover tonight, Lord. But as that experience riding with those pastors came to my mind and how that pastor didn't worry and how father he just kept on going brothers and sisters we need to keep on going truck burns down house falls apart job door gets closed doctor says this keep walking by faith and not by sight we got to keep going, Cowboy Church. Devil tries to throw our cross off our building. We put it back up. We got to keep going. Too much to do and so little time. Somebody hear me tonight. Too much to do and so little time. Lord, we rebuke cancer in all of our bodies tonight. Father, we rebuke sickness and heart disease. Lung disease, Father. Father, fill us up with your Holy Spirit that the power is in us that no devil in hell can touch us tonight. Fix our homes. Fix our lives. Deliver us from problems. And Father, 
Help us to work our plan. Can I say this to you tonight and I'm through? He never said that the cross would not get heavy. But he said to carry it. And don't put it down. Lord, thank you for this message. Thank you for these thinkers here. Thank you for these smart people in this church. And Lord, thank you for their prayers for me and my family. And Lord, I know this is just another testimony of your goodness and your love and your grace. Help us where we fail you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray tonight. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. <laughs>